Welcome into this week's edition of Talking Ball, a little Thanksgiving special this week. Uh, that's Rod Babers. I'm Jerry Hamilton. Uh, Rod, we got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, obviously, Steve Sarkeesian had his press conference at 11 a.m. Uh, there may have been less major takeaways from this press conference than anything else. Uh, but what were some of your what were some of your initial takeaways? Seems like Sark talked about health of the team. He didn't rule anybody out and said he call anybody week to week, which is good news. Said, you know, everything looks good right now for Monday. We'll we'll see later in the week. Yeah. Uh no, I just, you know, it's it's a, a press conference where Sark did seem like he uh wanted to, you know, give some props, right, to a lot of the the culture, right? The yeah. culture on his team. And that's not just including himself and what you know, himself is executing his vision for the culture. But, you know, he gave a lot of props to the guys on the team. Um, so he was very reflective of what they had done this season. The mission's not over at all. Uh, but I think there was uh, something special about that win at Ames, not only because it was Steve Sarkeesian's 10th win as a head coach in a right. season. He has never had 10 wins in a season. Texas hadn't had 10 wins in a regular season since 2009. So it was special uh, in that respect. But, it seemed like it's a kind of respect for Iowa State that all the guys took satisfaction in that win because they knew how hard fought it was going to yeah. be. Not only because of the bullets and board material, so we know all the guys fired back on social media after that, and so did Texas. Sarkman talked about how deliberate it was that they made, you know, Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy the captains in that game. Yeah. Uh, so they can answer the bullets and board material on the field with their actions and not with, you know, talking conversations prior to the game. Um, but, you know, I just thought he, you know, he, he was really reflective of how, once again, that was a great culture win for them that so many guys contributed. He talked about how, you know, they're, they're, any, in any given situation or circumstance for Texas this year, somebody can st step up and make that big play. Jordan Whittington, right, in this game was very complicated. Complimentary uh, of Jay Witt and talked about how, you know, at one point, you know, Jay Witt struggled with, you know, quitting the game. He wouldn't let him quit the game. Uh, he also talked about Gunnar Helm and how Gunnar Helm contributed. So I just, and CJ Baxter stepping up. Obviously, we all know that was big. So it was a culture win because, you know, you had guys getting nicked up. You had a lot of adversity in that game on the road. Uh, yet Texas stepped up. No excuses, right? All, right? There was an all gas, no excuses right. tour. That was no. a game that a lot of excuses kept creeping in. No excuses. Guys got it done, found a way to win, and uh, they closed the game, which I thought they were all proud of themselves for, right? The, the big struggle in yeah. three of the last four games prior to that had been, man, can you close? You had been winning games, but you had been surviving by the hair on your chinny chin chin. Hey, can you close out an opponent? They did it to Iowa State on the road. They closed Iowa State out. They made Iowa State pretty much submit on the road. Uh, that's a hard thing to do, man. That was a, a decent Iowa State squad. Hey, Rod, you just made me think of what I'm, I'm going to call this Texas season culture season this has been culture season like for texas rod because you know what sark like hit that. on that we talked about in the live stream last night he has probably not had a practice since alabama with a, a healthy offensive team where all 11 guys that he put out there with yeah. the first team on offense were the 11 guys he thought he was going to have headed into this season That's i mean well. i mean think about that you've had Quarterback missed two games. Cedric Baxter missed or, uh, time early. Then Jonathan yeah, yeah. now. JT Sanders yeah. missed time. Cole Hudson's missed time. DJ Campbell's missed a little practice time. Christian Jones. Hobbled. Christian Jones missed K-State. I mean, That's Jake Majors. I mean, it's culture season. And <laughs> right? I, mean, I like that, dude. You're that, right. Hey, Sark, you can steal this. It's culture season. 
but you know, I thought, I thought Rod, the, the other thing with him that he really hit on, I think, was it, within that culture, he mentioned, he talked about that, Rod, the adversity through injury. I mean, talk about that because you can speak to it as 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 a former player. W- what does it mean to have for a Cam Williams for these guys that stepped up? They feel not that you don't feel like you're a part of the team, but you feel like you're a part of winning. And there's a different feel, is there not? Everybody wants to contribute. Everybody on their roster, man. You can't. Nobody wants to just sit around and collect the check, all right, and collect the scholarship, right? Nobody wants that free meal. You want to earn it. You want to earn your spot. Everybody wants to contribute to this season. So it's one of the things. That's why special teams for young guys is really important. That's how they get out there. They get some time to contribute. But I think in terms of developmental, uh, the developmental aspect of it, I think it's really important. Now, we know this staff can develop. There's no doubt about it. But when you get those young guys – who get a chance to, to, to come into the game. They get quality stars. They get, you talk about real-time game reps for a player, a frontline player that's injured. You know, what it does for that player in terms of his development when, say, the frontline starter comes back and, say, they uh, are getting some quality reps, they're rotating in. But, man, the improvement you can have as a player, once you get those real-time reps and you're going to make mistakes, you know, you're putting stuff on film out there, but you get film to watch yourself them on. All right. And if you are like Rod B, man, you're breaking that down. How did the opponents attack you? You know, what were your strengths and weaknesses, adjustments, your technique, your fundamentals? How could that improve? That's, it's hard to get I me. Mean, real time film in a game is very different than watching yourself in practice against your teammates who you practice against all the time. Very, very different. Yes. Uh, and that's a way to improve. And also that experience in real time game for those players, man, they you cannot put a price on that. You can't quantify it. Um, those guys are going to improve exponentially. And when they do become frontline starters, whenever that day happens, man, they're going to lean heavily on the experience they gain, the recall from those real time reps. And you can't simulate that. Can't simulate no that in practice now the guy's got to get out there got to make that mistake for himself he's got to see the speed of the game which is very different than the speed of practice all those things so all those guys who came up like malik and you know like cam all those guys who got those uh you know like we're watching now cj baxter all those guys who got a chance to get those reps even gunner helm i think has improved with more reps right even with jt sanders having the injury they've been playing more of gunner helm in those big 12 packages he's been playing more as you know the rotational tight end and he's making more plays guys he's just, built invaluable he's built invaluable confidence this year on the field exactly guys that, you can only get that with real time game reps and that's exactly what those guys got yeah all right rod uh, before we get to one other thing because i want to lead into that sark also talked about portal today and kids enjoying the ride of this yeah. season with the understanding that some kids may have a decision to make coming up. Uh, but for, for, before we get on into that, I want to take a second for LonghornWealth.net, Longhorn Wealth Management Group. John Donovan is the sponsor of Talking Ball. Thank you very much, John Donovan and his team. John's a proud UT Business Honor, graduate of the UT Business Honors Program, is married to a Longhorn, and has six siblings who all are UT grads. So burn orange blood runs through John's veins, and that's why he served 14 years on the Dallas, Texas, Texas Board of Directors and has dedicated his firm to serving his fellow UT alumni and UT employees. John is a certified financial planner who has spent over 30 years providing investment, insurance, retirement, and estate planning services and solutions to all his clients. As winter Thanksgiving week, Longhorn Wealth knows we are all grateful for UT's 10-1 and record and the opportunity to play 
for the Big 12 championship by beating Texas Tech this Friday. Yet, we all have so much more to be thankful for in our lives, and John and his team at Longhorn Wealth want to eat. wish each of you a blessed and bountiful Thanksgiving. So, if you'd like a free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help harvest your a successful financial future for you and your loved ones, please give John and his team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. Thank you very much to John Donovan for being the sponsor of Talking Ball. All right, last thing on Sark's press conference, Rod. Uh, and it's something that you didn't really have to deal with it when you were playing at Texas or when you were playing college football is the transfer portal. And somebody I thought asked a really good question today. With the portal opening on December 4th, are you already having conversations with your players or taking a look at that? I thought Sark's answer, look, Sark is great in front of a microphone. He's genuine. Yes, he, he has really good thoughts. I, I There's not as much coach speak as there are with a lot of other guys, like people who just got fired in College Station. What were yep. your thoughts – Rod, on what he said about the portal and kind of Texas's Sark's take on it right now with this team. Uh, you know, Sark has always been pretty, I, I think, pretty rational about the yeah. portal, right? And pretty pragmatic about the portal. He talks about it almost from a, a professional uh, mentality, a professional standpoint. Um, he's talked about embracing the transfer portal, but also saying that he wants it to be something that's additive and complementary for Texas. He does not want to have to build and essentially the uh, portal be the lifeblood of his program. He wants high school and recruiting still be the lifeblood of the program, but he definitely sees the value in the portal. I've not seen him complain about it. He's talked about regulation of the portal and how we need, you know, some better guardrails, but he's never complained about yeah. the, the portal and access to it. He's very, I think, pro player in that aspect. Uh, but he's also remained, I think, uh, pretty strict about his culture in the portal and how, you know, once, you know, guys went out, they're out. You know, and once guys are in the program, they're in. I think if you start looking at it, and I've actually done uh, some research. I love that an on three has a great kind of research tool for this as well. But you start looking at Porter departures and where they where they land and where they end up. I think everybody's got attrition now. You cannot avoid it. That's just the the, yes. the law of the land now. So it used to be like if you had uh, you know an excessive amount of attrition, that was a really bad thing. Now yes. everybody's got attrition. Hell, you got the programs like Colorado and USC and Texas State that have rebuilt their programs, overhauled them in a year just from out of the transfer portal, period. Um, and that's a new uh, thing entirely altogether. Um, but when you look at the, the, the transfer portal where guys are going, I always thought it could be a healthy, healthy rate of attrition if your players are going to schools on the same level, if not going to a higher level. And I think that's the new way to judge attrition rates, right? Oh, are the guys who are leaving your program, are they, and nothing wrong with going to a, going somewhere to play and dropping down uh, in, in class of uh, competition. Nothing wrong with that at all. I'm just saying in terms of judging and being able to compare, uh, you know, attrition classes and who's leaving. I think Texas is doing a really good job. You go look at most of the guys who have left uh, the University of Texas in the last transfer portal cycle, they either are transferring to schools on the same level, power five, uh, or they're going group of five. Very few of them are finding no home at all or dropping down to a level. So it says the guys that are leaving Texas are coveted 
These are guys that other programs want. And it truly says that Sark is upgrading. He's churning out more talent. That's why those guys are leaving. They're not leaving, you know, because they want to go to greener pastures, play for better programs, better culture, better opportunities, more NIL. They're going because, man, that roster is getting churned out. And Texas upgrading that roster with every talent acquisition cycle and may not be room for them on the Texas roster. Those are unfortunate, but that's why the transfer poll exists for those stories so you can go find opportunity elsewhere. It's a great point, Rod. Totally agree. All right, we're going to transition to Texas Tech now because you started to do a little research on Texas Tech. Watch them a little bit. So I want to ask you for your initial takeaways, what you've seen and watched with Texas Tech. Uh, I'm surprised they're running the football so much. I guess I shouldn't be surprised because with all the quarterback injuries they've had, I just was aware that Tyler – is it Tyler Shuck that's – yeah. Uh, in the transfer portal now again, they got another one. I, with all the injuries they've had at quarterback, not surprised they're running the football uh, as much there. But usually with you know air raid offenses, which they technically still are, um, they just aren't necessarily operating like that because they don't they don't believe in their quarterback situation right now enough to throw the ball um, excessively. But Taj Boyd is the real deal. Taj Boyd is the engine of that offense now, right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think going into the season, anybody would have thought Taj would average 30 carries a game the last crazy. 12 games. Now, That's he's, he's, he's a physical bounce-off-you type of running back. Um, Texas has held – and this was on the uh, Longhorn Network today, Rod. I, I want to read this um, but because this is going to get to the point uh, about this game, which I think something's going to have to give in this game. Longest streaks, hold, streaks holding opponents under 100 rush yards since in the last 15 seasons in the Big 12. Texas is now at five in a row where they haven't mm-hmm. given up 100 yards rushing. Uh, the record in those 15 years, Texas six in 2009, Oklahoma State six in 2009. So, yeah. Something's going to give in this game because Texas Tech – I mean, they're going to run it with Taj. They want to run it because I think they know they have to on some level else because it's so so much of a change for their offensive coordinator. Something's got to give in this game, Rod. I mean, I, what what watching Tech up front, I know you haven't studied them in depth like like you will, but watching them a little up front, watching Taj, what do you how are they different from what Texas has faced uh in the last few weeks? Yeah, it, I just think Unsullied is going to be a bad matchup if they decide to be a run-first team. Against yeah. Texas, you have to pass to open up the run. And lately, they've been a run-oriented team, and they've been a run-centric team. And Taj Boyd is a real deal. I mean, he's he's probably going to end up making all Big 12, uh, potentially now with John and Brooks being hurt and him and Ollie Gordon. As a matter of fact, Texas could face, you know, two really good running backs. You know, to end in this season, if they end up facing Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy in the Big Twelve title game. But I digress. Getting back to it, um, I just think I think it's a bad matchup for Texas Tech. I do. Too. It, I think it's, I think ultimately it's a bad matchup for them because they right now have gotten into a groove, into a rhythm, identity of their offense is kind of running the football, and they want to run to open up the pass game. Texas, you need to pass to open up the running game. Now, it is an air raid offense, so they do have it in their DNA to pass, to open up the run. And I do believe that's the way they'll go. I think that running against Texas with the traditional running game is a fool's errand. And we've seen a lot of teams try to do it. Iowa State tried to do it. They got nine yards. We've seen K-State top five running team in the country with duo, dual threat quarterbacks. Yes. All right. Coming, coming to Texas and try to run the football and have their worst rushing output since 2014. 
There's and this is the best rushing defense arguably in the Big 12 since the 2009 Texas rushing defense. I just don't see that. That would be it, it to me. It would be a bad decision to try to just run the football against Texas and think you're going to come in there and pull the upset. You want to pull an upset? You got to break tendency. You got to do things that you don't normally do, and you got to take a ton of risk. How did Tech pull the upset against Texas last year? They went for it on fourth down. Like what? The, it was the most fourth down attempts in a game, I believe, that season of any team. Yeah. Like in the country, <laughs> you gotta you gotta roll the dice, and I don't running the football is not considered rolling the dice. That's not considered aggressive. That's not considered, you know, obviously breaking tendency for them. That would be the conservative route. They go their route. They're gonna get bludgeoned by Texas. Texas is gonna beat them by. You know, they'll cover the spread more. If you want to beat Texas, we already know there's only a few ways to attack this Texas defense, and throwing and being pass first is the start of that. And I totally agree with that, Rod. And I think the other big thing for Tech, and I'll be interested to get your thoughts on the Tuesday night Longhorn live stream after you watch more Tech, if Jalen Hutchings is out. Because he he limped off against UCF. They already had, I think Tyler Owens got injured. They had another starter that left that game and didn't return. But if Hutchings, the D-tackle, doesn't play, I mean, he's a first-team All-Big 12-level player. Wow. That's a that, – that, and he's the guy that would – they that could go at Jake Majors, Hayden Connor, right? If he doesn't play in this game, that's a big, big loss for Texas Tech. So we'll see what Joey McGuire has to say. All right, Rod, we're uh, we're gonna before we the Longhorn live stream tomorrow night hits the airwaves. The updated college football playoff rankings are, will have been out. That's right. um, we don't expect any change one through seven this week. Maybe Washington jumps, you know, ahead of FSU. But here's what I want to hit on. Jordan Travis, obviously out for the year. Uh, Florida State goes to Florida, who lost Graham Mertz, by the way, with a broken collarbone Saturday in that tight loss at Missouri, which Florida playing a little better maybe right now. Um, we'll mm -hmm. see if it's enough to beat FSU. But then uh, FSU has uh, will have Louisville in uh, Charlotte neutral. Um, one, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I have a hard time believing FSU will win both games without him. Um but so what my point is, Texas has a path, I think. I, I think this team sees a path headed in the Friday. And it's not a given that Florida State loses, but their probability just went way up that they're going to lose one of the next two games. Uh, so where, where do you come out on that? If you have a playoff committee, let's just say FSU wins two games in a row with Tate, I think Rodemaker, as a backup quarterback. Do they automatically get in because they're undefeated with the spot? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. That's interesting because we don't know, like, I don't know the purview of the committee, right? right? Is the committee, what are they tasked with? Are they tasked with 
only finding the four best team to put in the playoff? Are they tasked with protecting the integrity of the playoff? Because if that's the case, we're talking about a whole other conversation. If that's the case, even if Florida State is undefeated, can you clearly say they're the best team if you're looking for the best four teams? Because without their quarterback, they don't know they're not one of the best four teams in the country. They were so RPO-based with his legs, right? Yeah, so you got to throw out. Yeah, you throw out the record in the meritocracy at that point. And then there's the Michigan question. Let's say Michigan goes through unscathed. Maybe they won't. Maybe Ohio State ends this conversation altogether when they face Michigan. But if they don't, is a committee, are they tasked with protecting the integrity of the playoff? Because if that's the case, then you're looking at, well, what if Michigan ends up having to vacate wins in the future because um, he's been, uh, Jim Harbaugh's been suspended um, because of the sign-stealing scandal and allegations, right? And if that's the case, would a committee look at that and go, well, man, even if they are undefeated, we can't we can't put them in. We, we It's the integrity of the playoff. We're going to end up vacating a potential national champion. We don't want to do that. Like, I have no idea what they're – so all my point is that all favors Texas. Right? Yes. If they are, if the committee looks to expand their purview and say, hey, man, you know what? We believe we're in charge of this or that. I don't know what the guidelines are. I haven't, I haven't looked at that. But with Florida State, if they are undefeated, now if they're not, and they, then they get beat. That's great. Um, and if Michigan gets beat or how State gets beat, you know, that's, that's got to happen. That's great for Texas. But my point is there's also some extenuating circumstances that couldn't come to play here that can help Texas. And like you said, Jerry, either way, all of this conversation points to Texas having a path and not a labyrinth. Like this is a clear path. Clear path. Texas, if they keep winning, there's very likely going to be some chaos happening in front of them. It already starts. Right. It's already starting with the injury uh, to the Florida State starting quarterback. It's already starting with more stuff coming out about Michigan. And that's not even with the games being played on the field yet. That's just with stuff happening outside of the games being played. I think Texas is in a really, really good position. Um, and aside from the Bama noise that they're going to jump Texas, I think Texas really all the narratives are favoring Texas in this situation. I do too. And I'll tell you, I'll say this, what's so unique about this this year for the college football playoff committee, even if there's a bunch of griping, they have an out. It's our last year, next year's 12 teams. So <laughs> if you press to leave Georgia out or Alabama out, um, mm-hmm. or it'd be Georgia with one loss, if they're pressed Ooh. to leave them out, they say, hey, see, last year to playoff, next year all this changes. Yeah, I mean, that, that, they're in a pretty good spot this year to kind of say, to cover their butts a little bit. Hey, man, it's the last year of the four-team playoff. Next year, this stuff would have worked itself out easily. So, uh, <laughs> you know, arguments now, but it really doesn't matter anymore. Right. All right, Rob, right. we're going to uh, – again, I want to take a second for LonghornWealth.net because we're going to end this show with talking about Ty Anthony Smith, linebacker from Jasper, currently wow. committed to Texas A&M, making an official visit to Texas this weekend. Uh, I, I got Rod to watch a little huddle tape of him, just a little bit, so enough to so we can throw our opinions out there on oh. Ty Anthony, who I've seen in person. But uh, I want to take a second for Longhorn Wealth Management Group. John is a proud UT business on a graduate of the UT Business Honors Program. is married to a Longhorn and has six siblings who are also UT grads. So burnt orange blunt runs through John's veins. And that's why he served 14 years on the Dallas, Texas, X's board of directors and has dedicated his firm to serving his fellow UT alumni and all UT employees. John is a certified financial planner who has spent over 30 years providing investment, insurance, retirement, 
and estate planning services and solutions to his clients. As we enter Thanksgiving week, Longhorn Wealth knows we are all grateful for UT's 10-1 and record and the opportunity to play for the Big 12 championship by beating Tech this Friday. Yet we all have so much more to be thankful for in our lives. And John and his team at Longhorn Wealth want to wish each of you a blessed and bountiful Thanksgiving. So if you'd like a free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you harvest a successful financial future for you and your loved ones, please give John Donovan and his team a call, 972-707-4900, or visit longhornwealth.net. All right, Rod, we, t- we, we haven't talked a lot of recruiting lately, but we're going to talk a little recruiting today to end the show. Texas is scheduled to have a big official visit this weekend. Um, and I'm just going to lay this out, and then we'll get to uh, our thoughts on Ty Anthony Smith as a player because I, I have a, I, I like, like, like this guy's upside, Rod. Ty Anthony Smith is 6'1 and a half, 210 pound linebacker with a 79 inch wingspan, very long arms, plus wow. seven type of wingspan at Jasper High. He committed to Texas AM in June, late June, over Texas and USC. Never made an official visit to Texas in June at that time. Uh, that was one that Texas really pushed for, and they just lost out. They just got beaten at recruiting by Texas A&M. Well, Texas stayed in contact with Ty Anthony Smith. Ty Anthony Smith had an official visit scheduled for the Kansas weekend, September 30th, but he he pulled the plug on that on the morning of. So te- he talked to Texas A&M. A&M got him to not make that official visit with his family to Texas, and that was key for A&M. Ty Anthony has been one of the more loyal commitments to Texas A&M throughout their kind of struggles this season. But now with the coaching change, Ty Anthony Smith is scheduled to be in Austin Saturday and Sunday for an official visit with his family. And the reason he won't be at the Texas-Texas Tech game Friday, high school playoffs are going on. Ty Anthony Smith and Jasper play Cuero and Alvin on Friday at 3. And right after that game's over, they will head to Austin. So, Rod... I, I really think there's a good, good chance Texas flips Ty Anthony Smith. Um, I, just too much going on at College Station. They've hired a search firm. This thing looks like it could play out a while. Maybe things change if they get a coach hired for early December. Mm-hmm. But right now, they're losing a lot of ground with some key guys. Yeah. And when we watch Ty Anthony Smith, and I, you haven't really studied him like we will for signing day, assuming he goes to Texas. But what, are, what were your thoughts initially watching him? Uh, he's just a superb athlete. I yes. mean, just a next level athlete. He's one of the, and it, it, it kind of reminds me of what linebacker off ball linebackers become in the modern era, the spread era. I see a lot of linebackers and hell, you, you are more uh, dialed in and recruiting than I am Jerry and, uh, evaluations and everything. So you probably can attest to this. Um, but I, it, it, it feels like linebacker now is one of those positions where teams, and programs are experimenting with more and more yeah. finding great athletes and projecting those great athletes to play linebacker at the next level. And it, it I think it's because at the high school level with the proliferation of the spread offenses, you just oh, don't no. have as many, you know, off ball linebackers, traditional off ball linebackers playing at the high school level. So yeah, that guy may play some linebacker, but like you say, he also plays some running back for you and he plays some, um, Quarterback, he plays a lot of different things. They're athletes that you're projecting. Kind of reminds me of what tight end used to be. Probably still is, 
um, where you don't have tight ends, traditional tight ends at the high school level. Most of those guys are athletes. They project to be tight ends. They get in the strength and conditioning uh, program. They get with the dietitian. They get with the nutritionist, and boom, two, three years, um, bulks up, and the guy becomes a tight end. I think linebackers are becoming like that, especially in the Big 12. You'll notice a lot of teams, whether it be TCU or Oklahoma State, uh, hell, Iowa State, they find these athletes at the high school level, and then they turn them into kind of all-conference linebackers. You know, Texas did it with DeMarvio and Overshawn. Um, he reminds me of that. That's the modern era of linebacker evaluation and projection to me, and that's exactly what this kid, Ty Anthony, is. He is exiting. He could, he could probably project at a, a couple other positions at the next level too, um, but he'll be a, an amazing spread baby linebacker, a guy that is comfortable working in space. And to Rod's point, he's 100% correct, and I've been saying this for years. A tie Anthony Smith a lot of places plays edge. There's a kid yeah. at the Soto High School who had six sacks in a game against Duncanville, and you're like, why isn't Texas recruiting this guy as an edge? Well, the kid's 6'1", 205. He's committed to Purdue. He's a mm-hmm. linebacker that in the spread mm-hmm. high school day and yep. age of football, you got to put those guys closer to the line of scrimmage so they can go affect the quarterback because the ball gets out so quick in these spread games now. But I'll say this about Texas. I have a prediction for Texas fans if he goes to Texas or if he goes to AM, you'll be watching him. He is, and this is not a knock, he is a quicker, more athletic version of Jalen Ford after seeing him Ooh. in person. Yeah, I say that because Rod, he's got football IQ. He's smart. He's a smart football player. You don't play as many positions as he does at the small school unless you have the ability to learn, yep. process, and yep. take it to the field. You Watch, he's played running back. He's playing quarterback. He's playing linebacker. He plays on special teams. That's a lot on the guy's plate in a yep. high school level. And he is He's got the Jalen Ford mind for football, guys. So hopefully uh, for Texas fans, they flip. Ty Anthony Smith here coming up. He is officially visiting this weekend. He is an early enrollee. So, again, that's impactful because I think he's going to need some time physically. But if Texas can make get this flip, they get him and add him to a uh, the class in January. Rod, there's 12 of 20 guys committed right now are early enrollees. Ooh. 60% of the class. Texas is after Ty Anthony Smith, who's an early enrollee. They're trying to flip Xavier Phil Same uh, from Florida, the safety early enrollee. And mm-hmm. Kobe Black's announcing November 29th, a big Texas lean who I know you love at corner. He's an early enrollee. Texas, yeah. if things go well, could have 15 early enrollees for a second year in a row. Yeah, and, and I, I guarantee the sales pitch is, guys, you see how many people, you see how many players are leaving? Yeah. You see how many guys we about to get drafted? All right, we need to we need guys to come in and compete for these spots right away. That could be you, son. You yep. want to come compete for this spot? And I hey, I'm sold. So I guarantee yeah, exactly. that's coming to the players. They're about to see eight or nine guys get drafted. Uh and, yeah. and obviously uh we'll get into the NFL draft stuff coming up too in the in the future, kind of get Rod's thoughts on where some of the Texas guys at. We'll we'll do that after bowl season, right? Yeah. We'll get into some of that as well. All right, that's been this week's edition of Talking Ball. Uh, Garad, great job as always. And by the way, mm-hmm. hey, I say best for last. Houston Lamar still in the playoffs. They upset or beat Ridgepoint. I don't know if it's an upset, but Lamar's 12 and 0. I don't know. Hey. I, I don't know the last time they've been 12 and 0. It's been a while. It's, it's been, been a while. while. Yeah, it's been man. a while. So yeah. Rod, Drew Kelson, I mean, Iraq, I mean, all those guys, <laughs> Jerome Sachs, Anthony Kirk. Yeah, oh, it's a bunch of them. I don't know where. <laughs> 
But Lamar will take on Atascacita. By the way, Trey Owens, huge win. Uh, hey. Commitment out of Cy Fair. And you know he wants to come tell us about it, but his coach is probably, hey, not this week, man. He uh, beat Katie. You beat Katie. That's big. And That's you know big. what you get for beating Katie? The North Shore Mustangs, baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, you beat Katie, it's not easy after round two uh, in 6A football. Now they get North Shore. All right, everybody, have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we're, I couldn't be more excited about this game Friday, Rod. I mean, this is oh, yeah. it's been such a long time Texas has been in this position. Uh, these yes, kids deserve it. They've uh, this and I, again, this is culture season. I, I just coined the season. Like, That's hashtag it, hashtag it, Jerry. Hashtag hashtag it, bro. Culture season. I'm gonna spread it. We're gonna spread yeah. that. All right, guys. All right, Texas fans. We'll see you uh, tomorrow night. Longhorn live stream, 7 p.m. Uh, so we'll be talking Texas, Texas Tech. We'll be talking uh, football recruiting, and we'll probably end up having to talk a little bit about this UConn game too. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Hook them.